Matthew 4, verse 1 to 11. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit unto the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. I want you to know he had just been baptized. The Holy Ghost had just filled him, but immediately he was led by the Spirit. One translation, and I believe it's the book of Mark, said he was driven by the Spirit unto the wilderness to be tempted. Okay? And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, then he was hungry. Hungry. Then the tempter came. The devil never came until after the 40 days. He never came. But after the 40 days, I'm going to say this morning, the devil knows our weaknesses. And I guarantee he's going to attack you when you are at your weakest point. Someone said the other day, what if I'd done and I deserve what I have, what I got? I said, it doesn't matter with God. He forgives. He washes away. doesn't matter if you at blame, he will forgive and wash away those things. Okay. Notice here now, this is a spiritual warfare going on. It's not two men meeting. It's two spirits meeting. Christ is spirit, which is the Holy Ghost, and the spirit of the devil. They're meeting together here, and there's spiritual warfare going on here. And when the tempter came to Jesus, he said, if you are the Son of Man, command that these stones be become bread. Okay? But he assured, he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Okay? Then the devil took him up to a high city and set him up on the high pinnacle of the temple. And said unto him, If you are the Son of God, in other words, throw yourself down. And Jesus said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Okay? And Jesus said unto him again, It is written. Now, if Jesus says it's written, what should we say? Every time the devil comes against us with a negative thought, it must be recountered with a spirit-filled word from God. If we don't, the devil got the advantage. Got to speak faith against the powers of the darkness of hell when it comes against you. Another reason this is so important, scientists have learned for years, and they're learning now more, what a negative word into your spirit, if you accept it, what it's going to do to your flesh. It's going to harm your flesh. I'm not going to read the rest of that. I got wall stung one time. We lived at Knight's Bluff. I just got through mowing. I was hot and stung behind the ear. I went in the house told Peggy that I don't feel good at all. By the time she got me to the hospital, it was just about too late. What I'm trying to say, when you get a negative word, if you don't do something about it immediately, it's going to affect your life. We must counteract what the devil says with what the word of God says it is written this is the written word of God and if we do that what will happen to the devil the last verse said and the devil did what left him for a season some people tell me so what do we got to do to get what do we have to do to get rid of the devil I said I don't know 
I've been in this since 1960, and I have never found out a way to get rid of him. You can drive him away for a little while, but he's going to come back. No man's greater than his master. He didn't leave Jesus just for a season. That means three months, I guess, Brother Clayton. I don't know. But he just leaves him for a season, and then he's going to what? And he's going to come back worse than what he ever has been because he's really against us. But thank God, God is for us. God leaves us a written word to go by. Genesis 1 and 2. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved or was hovering upon the face of the waters. You find in Isaiah, in the book of Ezekiel, why the world was like that. God had created it wonderful and beautiful. But when Satan was cast out of heaven, he came down and turned the world into darkness and emptiness. That's what he did. He came down and did that when he was cast out of heaven. Although the Spirit of God was moving and hovering, nothing was happening. David said, they don't care where I go, the Spirit of God. Someone done, I think Ken mentioned that in Sunday school this morning. It didn't exactly like that. But everywhere you go, the presence of the Lord is there. You don't have to pray for him to come. He is there. He's hovering there waiting for a spoken word. The Spirit of God can be moving, but nothing happens until there is a spoken word. And then the Bible said, and then God spoke. The Holy Ghost is the moving, and then God speaks. And what did he speak? Light. God did not create light. Everything else he created, but he did not create light. The reason he didn't create life, he was light. What we have to do is learn to walk the way God walks and speak what we are. He spoke what he was. He was in a place that everything around him was perishing and decaying and gone. But he spoke what he was. He spoke light. And the Bible said, in the darkness comprehend it not. Listen, darkness cannot cause us damage when we speak the Word of God. The Word of God. And when he spoke the Word of God, he divided darkness from light. Hebrews 11, 3 says, through faith, I'm amazed here lately how many times you read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, how many it says they got it by what? Faith. It was by faith. It was what? By through faith. It says here, through faith, we understand that the worlds were created or formed by the Word of God. The way we create our world today is by the Word of God. You want a new world? Start speaking new things that is written in the Word of God. The Word is life, it's spirit, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It has never failed one time to produce what God said it would produce by faith. By faith. Glory to God. John 1 and 1 said, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Here God was surrounded by darkness, a perishing everything had passed away what he had created. 
But he didn't get discouraged. He spoke what he wanted to see happen. We are creating the image and the likeness of God. We have a will. Some people say, well, I wonder why God don't do certain things for them. They have a will. You have a will. Your will is either accept God's word or you can reject God's word. You can accept his spirit or you have the will to reject his spirit. In the garden of Gethsemane, Jesus was sorrowful unto death. And he said, Father, not my will. In other words, he's telling us right there, he had the will. Jesus had a will. He could have called legions of angels like he did to cast out them. that one man. He called legions out. He could have called legions of angels and been delivered. But he didn't. He stood and said, not my will, but let thy will be done. One reason we have problems in this life sometimes is God wanting to see if we're going to really submit to his will and trust him that he's going to work it out all right. I may believe that God's going to work out everything in our favor. I'll tell you. Sometimes I'm condemned, and I'm condemned this morning. I thought yesterday, I can't preach that message. Peggy's sick in the bed, can't get up and go. I want you to know Gina's sick. They think she had the COVID. Now they're not sure. We, we really don't know. But I know there's a God still up there. There's the power of God. I'm going to speak the word over her life. Hallelujah. I want you to start speaking over your family what you want to see happen and expect something to happen. you got to expect it, something to happen. I've been speaking in a long time, but don't grow weary in well-doing. It is on its way. Hallelujah. Praise God. Speak faith words against evil negative words. Man's tongue has two powers, has death and life. You speak negative, you speak in death. You speak the word of God, you speak in life. The title of this message this morning, The Miracle is in Your Mouth. It was in God's mouth. The Spirit was moving, the Spirit was hovering, but nothing happened till when? Until He what? And once He spoke, it happened. We got to have the Spirit. We got to have the Word. Jesus had the Word, and He had the Spirit, and He spoke the Word. God was surrounded by all things devastating, but He was not discouraged. God spoke light, and what did He get? Because He was what? Light. We are the light of what? And we are the what? The salt of the earth. So we can speak the things of God that he's given us. God spoke what he wanted to see. We must learn to speak what we want to see happen. We've got to learn to do that, to speak what we... You, if you look at your problem and talk your problem and then try to talk faith, you can't. That negative is going to rub out that... All you got to do is just see what the expert says. We must learn to speak what? Faith. If I speak faith over you, the will of God over you, you have a will to do what? To accept it or what? The Spirit of God speaks something to you, you have a will, Brother Melvin. You can accept it or you can reject it. It's in our hand. God has a will and we have a will. We're created in His image and His likeness. 
He created us and gave us words of his authority and his power to do these things. God got what he said. Even Jesus said, you get what you say. One day he walked by a fig tree. He said, from this day forth, you shall never bear another fig. Went to the temple and come back. And a few hours later, and the fig tree was dried up from where? Roots. Because he said what? Negative words to the tree. And he said, if you will say what you want to see happen, it will what? You've got to expect something to happen. How many believe something good's already going to happen to you today? One thing's already happened good, good today because you got our daddy used to tell us, any day you get up and get both feet on the floor and move, you know it's going to be a good day. So I know that you already had a blessing today. You got up and got both feet on the floor, and you began to move and having a good day. We must speak what we want to see happen. Matthew 4, Jesus encountered every negative word from the devil with the word of faith. And after the temptation was over with, Satan left him for a season. Hebrews 6 and 1 said, Be you imitators of them who through faith and long-suffering. Sometimes even though you speak in faith, there's long-suffering. There's a member of this church told me the other day, I would call their name, but I wouldn't want to embarrass them. They said, every time I have an ill feeling come on me, I come forth immediate with the word of God. It's sharper than in two-edged sword. This spirit comes against us, cannot be counteracted any way, but by faith through the word of God. It's a spirit. Two-edged sword means it's a spirit. It's the spirit of God. We're to imitate God and those that already see the promise. Romans 10 and verse 6. Faith speaketh on this wise. Say not in thy heart, who shall ascend unto heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Don't say in your heart, you're going to speak and bring Christ down from above. I want to ask you a question this morning. Where is Christ today? Where is he? Some of you pointing at your heart. If Christ is in our heart, then healings were inside of us. It's already in there. Healing of your spirit, healing of your mind, and healing of your body. It's already in there. The healer's already in there. What we have to do is activate it by the spoken word of God. We have to learn how to speak the word of God. So he said, don't pray that coming down from heaven now. Verse 7 said, or shall you descend unto the deep? That is to bring up Christ. You're not to do that. Here's what he said you're to do. But what saith it? The word is nigh where? Where is the word nigh? In your mouth. You look that word up in a concordance, the Bible concordance, it said the word of God is in your mouth, is near in your mouth. It's there with power. The word is what? Power. And where is the power at? In your mouth. When you speak it, the devil has got to flee when you speak the things of God. We have a choice when God speaks to us to speak the word of God. To either speak or reject it. I want to receive it. 
I want to receive what God has for my life and for my family life and for this church. The miracle is word. And also that same word is found in that concordance. It's the power of ruling. The miracle in the mouth has the power to do what? Rule. You, you, you can rule. The Bible said, don't be like a donkey and don't be like a horse that you've got to be controlled by the bit. And don't be like the ox that you've got to be prodded on by a steel gore that's sharp on the end and keep punching you. Don't be like that. Say what we want to see happen. Amen. If it don't happen today, keep right on what? Through long-suffering. To me, Noah is one of the most amazing characters in the Bible because God only spoke to him one time, one time, build the ark, save yourself and save your family. He went to work and worked 120 years and never heard the voice of God again in his life. But he never put off because he heard the voice of God. He went and got active on what God had said, and it turned out just exactly the way God said because he went to work on it. Where is your miracle at? Inside of you is a miracle. And it all has to do is speak it. God spoke and he received. The Spirit was there, but nothing happened until what? Spoke. The Spirit is in here today. Ken told us about how the Spirit was in him all the way from Dallas, that he had a revival all the way from Dallas. He was telling that story I thought about Uncle James one time. He said a lot of times he left his job in Texas County or wherever he was working. He said, I drive all the way home, didn't even know I drove home. Couldn't even remember when I crossed the Sulphur River Bridge. Said, I just so carried away in the Spirit, just talking to God. Said, I just caught up in the Spirit. Said, I don't know, I knew I wasn't driving that car because I don't remember anything that happened. All I just remember that I got home. That the Spirit is everywhere. You don't have to call him down. He's already where? Here. He's in here. And the word is where? In your mouth. This was a spiritual warfare between Satan and Jesus. Two spirits collided together. And Jesus said, I cast out the devil by the spirit. And Jesus says, the battle is not yours. Who's it belong to? I mean, would say one of our biggest problems today for, is for us fighting the battle. Huh? This flesh fighting the battle. And one reason God lets us get in the predicament sometime, let's see if we're going to let him fight the battle. And I tell you, the devil don't stand a chance with God and with the Spirit of God. He doesn't stand a chance. So we're going to speak the word of God. We're going to believe things that's going to happen just like God said. Jesus said, it's by the Spirit, and it's also by the faith. Man was created in the image of God, and with God's likeness with a will. He was given authority over everything that God created. Scientists says this. Every living thing on this earth is subject to who? 
Yeah, God, but us. They said every plant on this earth is subject to your voice. They say they can prove it. You got plants in your house. You speak negative to that plant or you speak harsh words in your house. What's going to happen to the plant? Come on, help me out now. They say it's going to die because it's created to obey your voice. Did not God tell them, Adam said, everything that I have created, I've given you authority and the power over it. It's got to do what you what? Say do. Even the book of James says, man cannot control his tongue, but you can control a horse with a bit. He's talking about everything on this earth is subject to us. Was not the fig tree subject to Jesus? Hello? Was not the sea that raged and the storm that raged is subject to Jesus? Was not everything that Moses put his rod at, the rod represents there with Moses, the word of God, everything he stretched the rod to was subject to what? To Moses. I know this is hard to grasp. I don't grasp it. But if we had faith, it's what? Mustard seed. He's talking about the mustard seed faith, not our faith. He's talking about the mustard seed faith. It's the smallest seed on the face of this earth. Brother Ricky gave us all one one time, and I guess we'd lost ours. Rhonda was telling me where I could get another one. I wanted to look at that again. One reason we can't believe that we're the smallest thing on earth that we can become the greatest thing that God has. We think it's too small, it's too insufficient, too inadequate. But the mustard seed knew what he could do. I don't know what religion this man is, Dr. Dwayne Dyer. Three national best-selling books many years ago, Your Erroneous Zone. My, my, that, 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 that book is something. Your Erroneous Zone. And the sky has no limits. You don't have no limits. But then he said, you receive what you pray for when you believe. We must believe what we're praying for is on its way. It may be delayed but we're going to see the things that God has promised us. Did not the son do what? When, when Joshua was in a battle, what did he say to the son? What did he say to the son? Stand still. What did the son do? What happened when the men was carrying the ark on their shoulder and the sole of their feet touched what? What happened to the Jordan? Because it was subject to man's authority. It had to do what already God said it would do. It had to do. If God can cause a donkey to talk to save a prophet, huh? Someone told me the other day, I forgot what horse it was, it won the triple crown. That's something hardly ever done for a horse. It's very seldom a horse in history ever wins the Triple Crown. You got to win the Kentucky, you got to win the uh, Belmont, and you got to win the Triple Crown. You got to win all three races. But I don't remember what was the owner or the trainer went out there and talked to that horse every day. 
talked to that horse every day what was going to happen. You might say, well, that's foolish talking to a horse. We have the power and the authority if we would learn to do what God says do and talk, and that horse won the triple crown. I have not seen the movie, but it's a true movie, Horse Whispers. It's about a guy grew up on a farm where the people were sort of mean to animals. He began to talk to them. They got him to go out in the range with wild horses. He walked right up to one had never been caught, talked to it. Just talked to it. Got on it and rode it. Had never been rode before. You said that, I don't know about that. God has given us authority, church, that we have never tapped into yet. And what he wants to see happen in our lives, he has given us authority. Hallelujah. If God can cause a raven to feed his prophet, I don't know how long, and got food from Ahab's table three times a day and fed the prophet, that raven obeyed the voice of God. Huh? And God has given us the authority over these things. I'm not saying I've got it, and I'm sort of ashamed to preach it, but I'm going to start preaching it. That this is God's plan for our lives, for the good things of God. Now, this lady's name was Gladys. She felt like she was young. She knew she was young. She was called to China, a place in China. She had no money. Back then, like when Brother Wellman went to Brazil, no organization supported him. Nobody gave him no money. Brother Clayton probably knows something about that. But God told him to go to Brazil. He went to Brazil and got off the plane in Brazil with no money. His son said, Dad, where are we? He said, Son, I have no idea where we're at. He built a, a, a mm, it's still strong today. He died a few years ago, but it's still strong. What he's built over is still going on because he put his confidence and put his trust in God. Gladys had to raise up money to go to China. She worked for many years saving up money, and she got on a boat. It's not like it is now. It took her one month to get to China where she was going. The last journey had to be done by donkeys, a caravan of donkeys. She was so discouraged. Ken touched on that this morning. She was discouraged, and she began to complain to some orphans was on that trip. One 15-year-old girl. I mean, you know, your answers, and that was a wonderful Sunday school class this morning, your answer can come right out of the blue, and it can come from somebody you never expected to come from. This 15-year-old girl looked at Gladys and said, remember Moses at the Red Sea. Mountains on both sides, the greatest army in the world coming behind. Gladys said, well, I'm not a Moses. And the 15-year-old said, it's pretty evident you're not. But the Jehovah is still the same. It doesn't matter what we face and what kind of trouble we're in. Jehovah is still the same. When Moses stretched that rod out, which is the Word of God, when we stretch out the Word of God and believe something's going to happen, You look around today, people get discouraged. But I tell you, I'm encouraged about the things of God, the blessings of God. I'm not going to be discouraged. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
I'm trying to just enter in where God would have me to go and and uh, two thieves on the cross. One on the left and one on the right. One of them told Jesus that if you could, if you will, if you wanted to do it, you could deliver yourself and deliver us too. That may not be exactly the way, but that's, that's in our language. You could get us down off of here. And then the Bible said he railed on Jesus. The words cursed him. Everybody was cursing him. But this one on the right said something totally different. Here was a hanging a man, his kidneys cut, I mean, his stripes and cut down into his kidneys. Blood all over him. Beard been poor. Crown of thorns on his head. He cried out, my God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? But this thief on the right looked at him. When you come to your kingdom. How many of you noticed in the full gospel of Jesus, I don't believe ever preached divine healing? You'll notice he preached the kingdom of God. It's the kingdom of God that he was interested in. This thief said we deserve what we're getting. He don't deserve this. But he said when you come into your kingdom, remember me. A king has to have a kingdom. They had a sign put up over him, Jesus, the king of the Jews. And in Jesus, in his situation, looked at that man. Oh, my goodness. And Jesus said, not here, but he said, my kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom not of this world. But this guy had an eye of faith. He believed Jesus had a kingdom, and he was a king. And one day he had entered in that kingdom and when he did, he said, I want to be with you. And Jesus looked at him, and what did he say? This day you shall be what? Faith does not look at the things as they are. Faith sees something different. One thief saw destruction and death, but the other one saw a kingdom that he would enter into. The kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. Preach the kingdom of God. The Bible said, out of your most inner being, St. John 7, 30, 28. Out of your inward spirit comes what? Livers, rivers of what? I stand to be corrected on these numbers. But I believe the Nile is over 6,000 miles along, the largest river in the world. The second largest river in the world is, I think, about 4,000 miles long. It's the Amazon. And it dumps in the sea at Brazil. That's where it dumps. There was this ship was sailing and been out of water for many days, and they were starving to death of thirst. They saw this other ship coming over the horizon. Back then, even when I was in there, they used flags to give information. They began to send up the flagmen, began to sit, wave flags, this and that, and the ship raised back, said, cast your bucket down into the water. The captain said, tell them we're dying of thirst. Please come and help us. The ship said again, cast your bucket down into the water and sailed out of sight. 
Finally, the captain said, I don't know what he meant, but throw a bucket over the side. And they did. And they pulled it up. That bucket was full of clear, fresh, cool water. You say, how can that be out that far in that sea where salt water is? It is said the Amazon, when it hit that ocean, such force, such drive, it runs 200 miles. I don't know, Ken, how far from here to Dallas? 200? Close. For 200 miles, this mighty Amazon pushes that salt water back. For 200 miles, there's nothing but clean, pure, fresh, cool water. When I read that, I thought, oh, my God. Out of our most inner beings comes what? Livers of what? Living waters, and what's it going to do? It's going to push back the salt sea. It's going to give life to those that's dying. It's going to give life to the thirsty. When it comes out of our bodies, such force and such power that looks like it's impossible. I'm telling you, God is a supernatural power of God. I saw Jesse Cook yesterday at the funeral and talked to him a little while. I said, I heard you had the COVID. He says, I did. He said, I want to tell you one thing. He said, it is rough. He's a young man. I mean, he's young. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to the God. Power to give life. Hour. I'm going to close, let you go home. I'm not through. But I do want to share one more thing with you. This young lady had a baby. The doctor come in and said, it's not good. The baby can't live. There's no way it can live. She got out of the hospital. She went and got her a tape recorder. She went to the place where there had been a crusade going on. She asked the preacher preaching the crusade, would you speak into this tape? Would you speak faith-filled words into this tape? And he did. She carried it back to the doctor. She said, could I lay this beside the, my son's bed? He knew it wasn't going to do no good because he knew the baby wasn't going to live. But he knew this was a frantic mother. To appease her, he did what? He put the tape recorder and it played all night long, over and over, over and over. I mean, believe it, God is a supernatural God. His word works everywhere. The next morning, the doctors and nurse went to check on the baby. And to the doctors amazed, he looked at a perfect, born, healthy baby. Because someone spoke into a tape recorder. And that tape played all night long. This same ministry, what is it, a place 20 plus years later, getting ready to preach a conference, standing outside talking to people. This young Marine walked up to him. 20 something years later, he said, I am the baby within the hospital. That my mother brought the tape in that you spoke of. I'm that baby. 
I mean, believe it, God works miracles. He works it through the spoken word of God. When things look hopeless, that mother didn't lose hope. She believed in the spoken word of God and what it could do. Every negative word that comes to us must be counteracted with the word of faith. It has to be. Someone told me that's not too long ago, and I read it, the article. Scientists took a big vat of dirty water and spoke life over it, just kept speaking life over it. Someone told me they seen it demonstrated on television. Now, you want, I want you to tell me what that dirty water did. Huh? It got completely cleared. God's Word has power over everything that He's ever created. He's given us that Word, that authority to use that spoken Word in faith. I guess you think I should go home and speak over Peggy. I've been speaking it. And I'm telling you, I'm going to believe it. I'm going to see it. I want to encourage you to speak the Word of God. No matter what it looks like, I could give you many, many more examples, but I believe you've heard enough. But believe the Word of God is powerful. It accomplishes what it says it will accomplish. Don't grow weary in well-doing. They receive the promise through long-suffering. I know Sue's been talking to her body. She said that this morning. Talking to her body. She said, that's foolishness. It ain't. Is it, Diane? It's not foolishness. But God bless you, be here. I want us to pray together. The miracle working power of God is working. Somebody says something negative to you, counteract it with the Word of God. Say the Word of God. Believe the Word of God. Act on the Word of God. The battle's not ours, the battle is His. You say it, God goes to work. There's a spiritual warfare in the heaven between Satan and the Spirit, and the Spirit always wins. Our Heavenly Father, we're so thankful that you've come and helped us in every situations in our lives. We thank you, the Lord, for the greatness that you do in our lives every day. We thank you for the harvest that is already ready to be harvested. We thank you for the mighty harvest that's going to be starting right here, Lord. In the holy name of Jesus Christ, we look unto you. Amen.